The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father, she will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send her to you. And when she comes, she will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of Truth comes, she will guide you into all the truth, for she will not speak on her own, but will speak whatever she hears, and she will declare to you the things that are to come. She will glorify me, because she will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that she will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. I hope you all have uh, gotten your Pentecost cards in the mail and have your Pentecost music CDs playing at home and in your car. And uh, what else? Do we have a Pentecost pageant where we dress up our kids with flames of holy fire and the sound of the wind filling the church? Uh Uh-uh. Peter Lightheart writes that Pentecost is culturally invisible. If you stepped outside the doors of this church... You would not see red beings on the front lawns of people driving home. You wouldn't see tongues of flame on the top of people's chimneys. You wouldn't see wind socks blowing with some external fan like those snowmen that magically inflate. Would you? Pentecost is really a church celebration that our culture has not taken over. I don't know whether that's a good thing or not, but it's just the truth. Pentecost is culturally invisible. But it's such an important day in the church. Today we celebrate two wonderful things. We celebrate the birthday of the church. And we celebrate the greatest birthday present ever given, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you heard in that reading from Acts, which you all did so wonderfully in all those different tongues, how 50 days after Easter, 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven and said, wait, wait, 
I have a great gift coming to you. Go to Jerusalem and wait. And so on that Pentecost morning, when all of Judea, all of Cappadocia, all of Cyrene, all of all those places had gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of the Pentecost at the temple, the disciples and the other followers of Jesus were regathered in that upper room and praying and waiting waiting for the gift that Jesus promised. (coughs) The sound of the rushing wind comes. They look around and they see tongues of flame on top of each other's heads. And all of a sudden they're outside in the middle of the crowd and the wind and the fire and the flames and they start to talk about the great deeds God has done. And everybody in the crowd from all over their known world, everybody in the crowd could understand each in his or her own language. God opened up the message of Jesus' love, forgiveness, care, life, death, resurrection. God opened that to the whole world in that moment. The church was born to be owned by, not owned by, given to everyone in the world. Peter, they thought, you know, these guys are drunk, right? It's nine o'clock in the morning. They're talking in strange languages. This wind is happening. They must be drunk. But Peter says, no, this is the Holy Spirit come. The Holy Spirit descending on everyone. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And even the old folks will have visions. That Holy Spirit went not only to all the corners of the earth, the message of God's love to every corner. It came to young people and old folks alike to be the spreader, the prophesiers of God's wonderful saving acts in the future. In the congregational churches around Massachusetts, you see sometimes a banner hanging out that says, God still speaks, right? You seen those around? This is how God still speaks through the power of the Holy Spirit in every one of us, in every one of you, as you tell the story of how God has worked in your life, how Trinity Church in Concord feeds you, how you prepare to feed other people going into the world. God still speaks through the mighty power of the Holy Spirit that is Jesus' gift to us on this Pentecost morning. Now, in the gospel, we have a little bit of a different tone about the gift of the Holy Spirit, don't we? It's not quite so uproarious and filled with joy and wonder. In the gospel reading, Jesus is saying goodbye to his followers. He's about to be crucified. He's about to give himself over as a follower of God, follower of the Father. And he's trying desperately to help his disciples and his other followers deal with the fact that he has to depart. And he tells them something that reminds me of what certain parents used to say to certain children when they were about to get a spanking. I know we don't spank anymore, but in my era, spankings were quite popular. And you know that line? It's for your own good. I never quite thought that. But Jesus is kind of saying the same thing to the disciples. It's good for me to leave you because I'm going to send one after me. I'm going to send you the advocate. The spirit of all truth will fill you. 
The Spirit will overturn the world's understanding of sin and righteousness and judgment so that you can tell the story of forgiveness and mercy and justice. That Spirit will fill you as I leave. It will come. She will come. The Holy Spirit will fill you with the words to say and the places to go. And if you remember on that Easter morning in John, when Jesus walks into the room and they have the conversation with Thomas about Thomas. No, it's not. Well, never mind. Jesus comes into the upper room. He comes through the locked door and he says, peace to you. My peace I give you. And he breathes the Holy Spirit on them. So in John's telling of this story, the Holy Spirit comes in a more peaceful and a more organic way into the disciples so that they can preach the word of forgiveness and mercy and justice and live the life that Jesus has been trying and trying to teach them. This is what we celebrate today, the birthday of the church and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We also celebrate a right 13 celebration. Your 13-year-olds are, what, about 7th graders, 7th or 8th graders, 6th or 7th, somewhere in there, are going to be celebrated today without having to do anything. We just love them and we care for them. We celebrate with them the gift that God has given them of manhood and womanhood. And we take on the responsibility of teaching them the tools of adulthood. Because while manhood and womanhood are given, they're part of our being, part of who we are as God created us. Learning how to be an adult is a skill that is taught. And it's our responsibility as a church community not to abandon these young adults as they come into adulthood, but to teach them the skills they'll need to be successful adults in the world. Good thing to do because the Holy Spirit is poured out on them as it is poured out on us. Our sons and daughters will prophesy, so they have a lot to teach us as we teach them. So as I wrap it up here and we think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the birthday of the church, and the gifts of these young adults in your midst, I want to leave you with a lesson to teach other children in your midst. One of my great missions in the church is to help adults in the church teach the great deeds that God has done. Because although you have a fabulous Sunday school here, Godly Play and the Journey to Adulthood, fabulous program, one hour a week does not do it. It's like trying to learn Spanish in an hour a week. You can't do it. You have to practice. So the adults in the community, in the church, are responsible for all of the children, not just your own, not just your grandchildren, but any child that you see wandering around in this building Of course, they wouldn't be wandering, would they, unescorted, safe parish policy. I'm having some trouble with my show and tell here. Hold on a sec. Here we go. Usually when I preach, I wander around, so we'll see how this goes. So here we go. This is the Holy Spirit. 
And what can you learn about the Holy Spirit from bubbles? They give you joy. They float away from you. If you try to grab on to the Holy Spirit, if you have this wonderful experience and you see this light, beautiful, floating thing, you understand something new and you try to hold on to it, what happens to the bubble? What happens to the Holy Spirit if you try to hold on to her? Pop, right through your fingers. And you're left with this nice, soapy residue, right? So you remember that the Holy Spirit has been here, but she's changed forms, and you have to change form with her. Sometimes you can pass a bubble from one wand to another. You can hold on to the Holy Spirit long enough to give a little piece to somebody else. Gone. Sometimes the bubbles float into space. Sometimes you see children chasing bubbles all across the lawn, don't you, to try to catch them. The Holy Spirit winding her way through the community. The other thing about the bubbles is that if you get them in the wrong places, they kind of sting. And our former Archbishop of Canterbury, um, Ramsey, Michael Ramsey, somebody Ramsey, thank you, uh, used to say that the, the fire of Pentecost gave heat and light and it also burned. Same thing with the bubbles. Sometimes we need to be cleaned up a little bit and the Holy Spirit kind of gives us a little sting. So if you look around in your pews, you'll find that there are a few bottles of bubbles there. And what I'd like you to do is take them to the next child you run into and explain to them the story of the birthday of the church and the gift of the Holy Spirit and blow some bubbles with them and use your own words to explain how the bubbles are like the Holy Spirit. And during our final hymn today, which is, uh, what is it? Come down, O love divine. I want everybody to sing and blow bubbles at the same time. And make sure you look, because the Holy Spirit will be floating over the whole church if we can pull off singing and blowing bubbles at the same time. Got your homework? You are the teachers now. The Holy Spirit is filling you with the words of God's saving deeds. The Holy Spirit is teaching you forgiveness and justice and mercy. The Holy Spirit will not let us leave this place unfulfilled. The Holy Spirit will guide you in all your days. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit, and we expect to live in her presence and spread her love. Amen. Amen.